This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Ah, no Deshaun Watson for the Cleveland Browns. Does that mean the playoff run is over? Or is P.J. Walker actually capable of getting it done? It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. You're following us over on the socials. You're doing it on Instagram, at that guy Carlin, at Jay Fortenbaugh, where you just Do it. get behind-the-scenes gold. Do it. Do it. Follow us. Do it. Do it. Do it. Very underrated scene with Ben Stiller. <laughs> Very underrated scene. Do it. Do it. Starsky and Hutch. Tremendous movie. I, I mean, don't know about so, tremendous. If no, you use the tremendous. word tremendous, it's like, where I, do you go from there? What no. do you say about The Departed, then? I Well, th- th- it's a different category. Like, The Departed. See, here's the thing about The Departed. At the, the first time I watched it, I hated it. You know why? Why? Oh, okay. Everybody dies. All right. I get it. Now, every single time it's on, I leave it on whether I'm doing work and, you know, kind of leave it on in the background. Perfect background movie. And it's a really good movie. I don't know why I had that initial instinct and reaction to it. The number one background movie of all time in terms mm-hmm. of if it's on, it stays on. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that are going to agree with this. Point Break. If Point Break is on, Point Break stays on. See, here's a problem for me. No, there's no problem. Well, you can have a problem. The rest of us don't. You're going to be disappointed in this. Haven't seen it. <clears throat> you haven't seen the movie Point Break? No. Given the 30 years that it's been out? No. No, I haven't. And You've been, you've been busy? What have you been busy doing? I haven't seen Point Break, but I did see... Stop or my mom will shoot in the theater. <laughs> in the theater, opening night. <laughs> Estelle Getty, Sylvester oh, Stallone. All right. All right. That's that's a that's a fridge too far. Even worse. Even worse, okay? Had not seen Godfather One or Godfather Two until about four or five years ago. You started Chris- with Godfather Three? In the theater, day it came out, Christmas Day, saw Godfather 3. And I looked around at everybody oh. like, are you kidding me with this? <laughs> what You what started you with, you honestly, I was just making a joke. No. You started with Godfather 3? Yes. My friends wanted to go and see it. Why? So I went with them on Christmas night. It came out Christmas, whatever year it was. And we went to the it theater. It wasn't this decade. Tell you no, that much. it was not. It was not. And but it was on again the other night, and I kind of kept it on as a background movie. And uh, Sofia Coppola made that right decision to go into directing. I'll tell you, yeah, because the yeah the acting part of it started uh, with Godfather Three. Now you can start with Fast and the Furious Six. You're not missing anything there. You can jump in at any point uh, first in that Fast ten and Furious, movie so, sequence, and you're fine. Right. First Except Fast, Tokyo Drift. That's the well, one that might throw you off a little. Guess bit. what? That was the first one I That's saw. That's where you jumped in? Okay, that movie conversation over. Back that, to the Browns. But that was purely by accident. That Tokyo Drift was on in the waiting room of an STS tire and auto center as I was getting my tires redone. <laughs> New tires on my it's, car. It's not bad. I like it. I think it's one of the more underrated Fast and the Furious. It's just you don't, you don't, you don't start there. Yes. No, it was not. I, I don't do this out of... Uh, You're an odd movie guy, Chris Carlin. Yeah, well, odd it's just movie in, guy. In these couple of instances, and I'm an odd movie guy. But for the most part, 
I'm a great movie guy. No, not really. Everything you just laid out is enough to swing that pendulum the other way forever. You can't start with Godfather 3. You can't not see Point Break. You can't start with Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. These are all mistakes. They're all very egregious oh, mistakes. I agree with that. Um, I agree that they were mistakes. But no joke, Godfather 3 was like, I'm looking around like, really? And I, I don't need to That's, see one yeah, and you're two. You're looking around like if, that because, you know. this is how it ends, You're the I'm only out. person who doesn't understand what's happening. Yeah, if, if this is how it ends, I don't need to see how it begins. <laughs> Just when I thought they were going to pull me in, I'm out. Have you watched the version of Godfather that is chronological? That includes one, two, and three. Yeah, I watched them in order. No, 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 is no. Is that no. what you're I'm asking? Did I watch them in order? No, a couple of years ago. No, I did. Whatever it was a couple of years two, ago. No. They took two and kind of interspliced it with one so that it's all a chronological order line in which you're watching it. So, like, it, you know, De Niro is in two. But he shows up like it's the Godfather trilogy put together. Now, I draw the line with what happened with Star Wars, where they release three, and then two decades later they come firing back with, "Hey, here are the original three. Yeah. What? And then it's and then we're gonna jump all the way ahead to the last three, and then I we're see, gonna sell to Disney for a trillion dollars, and you, you're never gonna be able to figure any of this out ever again." See, I the only I didn't watch the the three that came out that were the prequels, but I love the other ones. Yeah. Love them all. They're Love solid. All, all right. Yeah. What do we Carlin, got here? Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. P.J. Walker is the Browns quarterback now. Can he actually keep them in the race? This is, I'll tell you what, this is a tricky, tricky spot for P.J. Walker. And, in fact, it's not going to be P.J. Walker, as this just came over as we are talking. Carlin versus Joe. Breaking news. Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski literally in the last few minutes just announced that Dorian Thompson Robinson is going to start against the Steelers, not P.J. Walker. All right. First off, there's an argument to be made that that was the most well-timed movie conversation in the history of Sports Talk Radio. Because had we talked about P.J. Walker, we would have completely wasted our breath for four and a half minutes before mm. finding out that he was, in fact, not going to be playing. So job well done to us for having the foresight to drop that conversation there. I Allow love me this to pat move. my back like Barry Horowitz. Yeah, get in there and give yourself the old pat on the back because that is first-class foresight in the sports radio game. Second of all, love this move. DTR, rookie quarterback, fifth-round pick out of UCLA. Let's see what you've gotten him, all right? Let's see what you've got. I love the mindset here. What do we have to lose? We're stuck with Watson on this contract for three more years after this. Let's get the kid in there. We drafted him for a reason. Let's see if we can develop him between now and the end of the season. And then, A, maybe we have someone we'll just start over Watson next year. B, maybe we have someone we could trade for assets if he plays really well so that we can continue to build around Watson. But either way, love the move. You drafted him for a reason. Get him out there. Let's see what the kid's got. Hate it. Hate it? Hate it. You know Hate why? Hate it. This is not a situation where you run the guy out there and see what he's got. No, no, no. You're six and three. You're not going to the Super Bowl with either no, of these no, guys. No, no, so H let's no. let me just cut Hang you off on. right there. Hang on. You're six and three. You've got a dominant defense. And the last time that we saw the kid, 
He threw the ball 36 times for 120 yards and three picks. Who was the opponent? The Baltimore Ravens. Okay. But uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that Dorian Thompson Robinson is going to give them the best chance to win. No. There's a much better chance that P.J. Walker doesn't screw it up. Do you want to turn this into the New York Jets? I think they're thinking that's, big that's picture. That's what they're doing. I think it's big picture. I don't think this is about this season. I think this is a much bigger – there's a much bigger – bigger stakes at play here. I think they want to see what they've got. They realize they have a window here. They drafted this kid for a reason. He flashed in the preseason. You can't wait it, but get him out there and see what you've got. They they already know what they've got in Walker. They've shown him, they've given him enough opportunities, and he did beat the Niners, all right? Now get DTR out there. What do you have to lose? We, We know, and they know, they're not winning the Super Bowl with this situation this year. See what you got in the kid. What are you going to do, just sit him for the next four years? It's not like he's going to get to play with Watson on that contract. I am not going to sit here and try to sell you on the notion that P.J. Walker is winning a Super Bowl. Which of these two guys is going to give me a better chance to make the playoffs this year? Because that is what I owe to the guys who have been on this team so far this year. I got to look at them, and here's what I just did. When I made that announcement, I told Miles Garrett, I told everybody on that defense, hey, guys, we're done for the year. Pack it in. Zip the bag, close the drawer. We're going to find out if this kid can play or not. And by the way, why is that important? Why is that remotely important when your quarterback for the next three years is Deshaun Watson? Imagine this kid flashes. Imagine he steps in, you develop him under Stefanski, who's a very good offensive mind. Kirk Cousins had incredible seasons under the guy. You've got Amari Cooper. you got some weapons there. you got a good offensive line. Imagine the kid plays really well. You don't think people are calling Cleveland to see what they want to do with DTR? You're not going to get him to take Watson. That's for sure. If this kid could play well, someone could make a phone call. You might have an opportunity here. It's better than sitting him and doing nothing. I don't know how I can look at a team that has started the season six and three and said, boys, we're done. I don't know how I can do that. And that's what Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry are doing here. DTR may turn out to be a nice quarterback. I need to see Walker go out there and stink up the joint for another week or two before I go to, oh, let's see what he's got. Why not? Couldn't be worse. That doesn't sound like the best of plans. Throw someone out there to stink for a couple weeks. It's a better plan than throwing them out there now and telling them the season's over as opposed to uh, right now at least saying, yeah, we're going with our backup. We're going with Walker. Let's see what can happen. Hadn't thought of this earlier until you brought it up, by the way, um, because I'm still very much upset about the Watson news and the 20-to-1 AFC ticket. As you should I just fired yesterday on Garrett plus 170 to win Defensive Player of the Year when we had that conversation. Mm. If they all go in the bag now, that's the end of that. Yeah, well. It's not a good day in the gambling world over here. Does defensive player of the year get factored in at all with the success of a player or of a team? I mean, no, I'm, that's not what I'm getting at. It's no, not, no, no. It's not I'm, like asking, I'm asking the question. But what I'm saying is if they lose like the next five games in a row and all the players on defense just give up and stop playing that well, no one's going to want to give them the award, right? It does help to be on a winning team, but I'd imagine if we go back through the history, we're not going to find every defensive player playing on like a top two seed like we do with the MVP. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. By the way, Garrett is down to plus 140 to win Defensive Player of the Year. We were all uh, over that. According very to ESPN savvy. Bet. And by the way, I was looking at the website last night. It looked sharp. Do oh. you like the mint green? I think that at first I looked at the mint green. I go, I wonder where this is coming from. I like the mint green. It I do. pops. I do. It pops. 
I it's want, the first sports book paired with my eyes. It's the first sports book I can wear with my eyes. I'm very excited about that. Well, that's fair. That's fair. And you can accessorize with it, too. Exactly. I, I would say that uh, the mint green, I've always been a fan of any kind of electric green or mint green or neon green. That's going to catch my attention. And I'm on board. <laughs> It'll look good. If you're a it's new like, restaurant and you're in Carlin's neighborhood... Paint the front door neon green. It doesn't have to be a rest. It does. The restaurant doesn't have to do that. I'll find you. <laughs> I'll find you. The Warriors dynasty, as we know it, should end immediately. That's next. Scarlet versus Joe. <laughs> ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Draymond Green has been tossed from this game as Draymond though has not headed to the locker room. He was being walked that way, and he made a big circle route to come all the way back to the half-court line. And he'll be fine for that, too. Oh, Draymond. <laughs> I can't do anything but laugh at Draymond Green at this point. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. In case you missed it last night, well, if you had just seen the news prior to the game, that Steph Curry was not going to play against uh, Utah, that would have been enough. Uh, no, excuse me, not against Utah, against Minnesota. Um, that would have been enough that you should have been tipped off that something was going to happen with Draymond last night. Because as Draymond and Minnesota and Gobert get tied up into it, Gobert, uh, you know, apparently put his hands on one of the other. Uh, players for the Warriors, um, whose name is escaping me at the moment. Um, I think Clay. He put oh, it, it on Clay. Clay Thompson. Yeah, yeah it was Clay. Tw- well, Gobert came running in after it was. Uh, t- I don't. Who was the Timberwolf that originally started it? It was Clay mixed up with somebody else. Gobert got in trying oh, to Jayden, separate. Oh, uh, Jaden McDaniel. Yeah, and then yeah. Gobert gets in trying to separate, and then Draymond goes after Gobert. So those really, two weren't even involved in the original fracas. Right. I'm doing an amazing job of it, really laying it out. Really setting the stage for all the people out there to so not just, have any idea what happened in this game last night. So Jaden McDaniels and Draymond get into it. And, I'm sorry. Let's back up. Jaden McDaniels and Clay get into it. And then in comes Rudy Gobert to try to help. And what happens? Then Draymond comes in 
puts his arm around. What are you uh, doing? I, I, you're looking in the background with the remote. You're trying to rewind it to see what happened? I'm trying to put my picture of Draymond on in the back so we oh, can the class up backdrop. the visual aspects of the show a little bit. It looks nice. It is, it is very nice. That's uh, Listen, it was it was on rotating slideshow for a second. <laughs> and thankfully, those weren't. You didn't see any other pictures that you should have. <laughs> uh, it shouldn't have. Anyway. So the armors, so Draymond puts his arm around the neck of Gobert, puts him in a chokehold, and what do you know? Draymond gets ejected, and he's doing Draymond things, dragging him all over the court. Heard Jay Williams this morning on Get Up say he thinks he's going to get a 10-game suspension, Whoa. considering it's Draymond, and the history is there. But at the same time, Jay was like, that's my teammate. I'm on board with that. That guy's in there, and he's immediately fighting for me. All I could think of is exactly what Gobert voiced after the game, which was, well, the second you knew that Steph Curry wasn't playing, Draymond was not going to be interested in playing, and let me go out there and do whatever I have to do to get out of this game. Yeah, we saw that a few years ago when they were coming off the NBA Finals loss to the Toronto Raptors where Clay blew his knee out. So Clay was going to miss the entire season. They're opening up the Chase Center. Steph ends up getting dinged up early in the year. Season goes haywire almost immediately, and the team just, you know, completely falls apart. It happens. And Draymond just realized, did he want to be out there every night with D'Angelo Russell? No, so you weren't going to see him every night with D'Angelo Russell. A couple things can be true here. I think Williams is right. As In terms of your teammate jumping in and grabbing your back, you're going to want that. You're going to kind of need that enforcer type guy because not everyone wants to mix it up. We watch these guys on TV. We assume they're all, you know, willing to scrap. They're not. You know, there's, some of them are just basketball players. Nothing wrong with that. But sometimes when it's going to go down, you need that guy that's going to be able to jump in there and protect the other stars. If Draymond's going to be that guy, and he's shown that in the past, good to have him on the team for that now the other side of it is you're absolutely getting suspended because of your reputation and because of what you did 10 games way too much I don't see that happening he gets him in the chokehold he keeps him in the chokehold and he's kind of dragging him but he's also not really advancing it right it's not like he slams him to the ground it's not like he's throwing punches on top of it no punches thrown in this situation so I'd say he's probably getting hit, I don't know, I guess somewhere in the three to four neighborhood. I don't yeah. think he's getting hit with 10, right? 10's a no, lot. I don't, I don't think it's 10, but I think it could be four to five. Okay. I, I'd put it in there. And and this is a question, Joe, that in sports radio we have probably asked roughly 10 to 12 times over the last five years. When does Draymond's negative outweigh the positive for the Warriors? I mean, this Oof. past offseason, he got the massive contract. But things like this, we are, whether or not we want to admit it, we are getting toward the end of the Warriors' run here. Everybody's getting a little bit too far down the road for this kind of stuff to continue to happen, and yet you could still take all of the positives from Draymond and have it outweigh the negatives when you could be missing him for four or five games. Yeah, 33 years old, so it's definitely coming near the end. Just signed a four-year extension, so, you know, contractually he's scheduled to be around for a while. But do you expect him to end his career with the Warriors? I, that's a great question because on one hand, I do understand the value of the Legacy Act, right? Like, they opened up that big brand-new center right after they lost – that finals to the Raptors, and then they went in the tank for a year, and then I believe there was another year that was a bit of a struggle where they got bounced in the the play-in tournament, and then they go out and they win the championship, and then last year they're bounced by the Lakers. So, I mean, they've got a lot of money 
with that ownership group. Mm-hmm. As long as Steph and Clay are around, I think they like the idea of keeping Draymond around. I mean, they've he knocks out Jordan Poole and they traded Jordan Poole. Which, by the way, did you see the video that went viral of him in the timeout the other night? Oh, yeah. Just not paying attention, just he completely. Just, boy, Jordan Poole, like. Referring to it as it, this it, is my team. It takes a special individual to make Draymond Green the voice of reason. In right. Whole thing. Like, you see that, and you're like, okay, I guess I understand why that led to what it led to. He was clearly a problem for that team, but that's a conversation maybe for another day. He, he had checked out. The one thing that. A lot of people who aren't close to the Warriors, they might not necessarily get this part of it, but Draymond's basketball IQ is through the roof. He is really good at making the right play on the court. He's really good at making those around him better. There was that stretch in the finals against the Celtics where Kerr was sitting him down in crucial moments late in games because he literally had become a liability out there, and that's when I think a lot of people realize this is the end of the Draymond Green era, but that was short-lived. And he's still been a, a net positive for them. So they take the bad with the good, but you're right. I mean, as age continues to creep up, that's going to come to an end. I just, I don't know, man. They like the legacy act there. They love the idea of trotting out the big three because when they came back and won that title a couple of years ago against Boston, it it rejuvenated everyone into thinking that these guys were still legit contenders year in, year out. Well, and that, those people buy tickets. I'm going to go out on a limb here. It's Draymond's last year in Golden State. You think this is the final year? And the reason I say that is the whole Clay situation. They haven't given Clay his extension, and they don't want to pay Clay anymore, and I don't blame them because health-wise, what can you count on? So if you're going to go in another direction there, I think you're probably headed in another direction when it comes to Draymond, and maybe with Steph, you're going to go try to find one or two more co-pilots and see if you can open up another slight window in Steph's career. Oof. Clay, you don't bring Clay Thompson back. That does not sit well in the Bay Area. They haven't paid him, man. They haven't given he it to him has yet. A, he is the only person on earth with a 100% approval rating. I think you'll find someone who will say something negative about Curry before you find someone who says something negative about Clay. But am I wrong to think they're not bringing him back? They're trying when- to figure. No, no, no. I mean, you that, that that's a that's a very reasonable opinion to have. That maybe at some point they choose to move on. I just I shudder to think at the idea of keeping Draymond and moving on from Clay, because people are immediately going to say, "Why are you keeping and paying Draymond when everyone knows he's past his prime?" But you're not keeping Clay because they I love Clay. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think if they moved on from Clay, Ooh, they will trade be both. Draymond. Okay. Well, it's going to be fascinating to watch. I mean, they're a team that's obviously figured some things out in terms of their road woes from last year. They should be more competitive this year. It's just a deep West. It feels like a changing of the guards coming. Minnesota's 8-2. and Um, Anthony Edwards, 30-1 to to win the MVP out there. That's something you have to take into consideration. OKC's coming. That Sacramento team's getting better. Feels like a changing of the guard is on the way in the the Western Conference. Outside of Denver, of course. Joe, I have long, long admired the work and the personality of Paul Feinbaum. Ah, yes. In moments, I'm going to attempt to bond with him, even though we don't know each other well. We'll see if we can do that. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI 
to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. On Friday, there's going to be a preliminary injunction hearing in which a judge will make a ruling on whether or not Michigan and Harbaugh will be granted a preliminary injunction against the Big Ten's ruling. I still think it's maybe less than 50% chance that they get this injunction. I think Jim Harbaugh has been itching for an opportunity to share his side of the, the case here in the, in the court of public opinion for the past few weeks. He feels like he's been hamstrung by the ongoing NCAA investigation, but he's going to have a chance later this week to finally speak his piece. Oh, I can't wait. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Samsung is awesome. Let me tell you why. This Saturday, get game time ready with Samsung Bespoke four-door flex refrigerator with Family Hub Plus from the Home Depot. He joins us each and every time, each and every week. At this time, he is the great Paul Feinbaum of the Paul Feinbaum Show uh, with Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh. Paul, I just want to start here for a moment. You and I don't know each other well, certainly, but I have long been an admirer of your work going back probably 20 years or so. And I have to say, I, I'm hoping that we can just spend the first two minutes here bonding by collectively destroying Jim Harbaugh in Michigan for just a moment. Can we do that, Paul? Chris, I feel like uh, we're bonding as we speak. Uh, <laughs> we, we don't know each other that well, but right now you are my best friend in the entire world. You're damn right, Paul. <laughs> You're damn right. Because, Paul, Paul on Saturday, uh, as I told this story yesterday, I was calling the Iowa Rutgers game, and I was in the Iowa press box before the game, and I looked up and I saw – Coach Sharon on camera crying, and I bellowed out in the middle of the press box, oh, Jesus, is he dead? And I missed it. <laughs> no. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think that was the, the natural thing to think, and you know, I don't know that coach either, uh, but, but, man, I would like to have him as a friend because uh, he paid tribute to a guy that's make, that makes $11 million a year uh, that is uh, that has missed four games this season because of NCAA issues. That's four out of ten, by the way. Uh, and, he, and he watched the game from a residence inn, he, you know, eating popcorn and, and, and swallowing down soda, uh, and he didn't miss a thing. Uh, and and I, I mean, the victimhood card here is what bugs me. Uh, I mean, I don't know all the facts, but I do know uh, one one particular f- fact. And that's that Tony Petiti, the Big Ten commissioner, flat out accused this this program of cheating. Uh, and, and everybody has to say, well, you can't say that. Well, that's what he did. Read, read the document. And and for that guy to get out there and do that, uh, and what, you know what bugged me uh, even more, Chris? It's so many people in in real time, people that we respect uh, and maybe even have uh, have on occasionally as guests. You know, talked. Uh, I tweeted. That's the moment of the football season. That's the stupidest moment of the football season. Uh, but it's just we are all caught up in this Harbaugh thing. It's 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 like a train wreck, but you have to watch. And you know, I'm I'm I am just fatigued from it. But I realize we're nowhere near the finish line. 
Paul, I couldn't agree more, and here's my issue, okay? They're screaming and yelling all the Michigan minions that are out there in the press right now about there's no due process and how they're circumventing it. Well, that's exactly what Michigan did at the beginning of the year by doing their own self-imposed three-game suspension on an investigation that's not even done, trying to circumvent due process. Then they have a mountain of evidence put in front of them. And they're going to suspend him. Well, you didn't give us enough time. You do it before the game. Michigan was the one that wanted the extra time to respond in the first place. So this dope is out there saying that this should be America's team and all the adversity that they have faced and overcome. And it's really all adversity that they had to overcome because of you, Jim. You're the problem with all of this. You put your team in the middle of this, and it's just sickening, Paul. And, Chris, let me say one thing about due process. I heard Harbaugh say that. And I don't try to act like I'm a constitutional expert, but I have spoken to some who are. Due process is something that is in the Fifth Amendment and the Fourteenth Amendment. Uh, But there's another part about due process that that you have to remember. When Jim Harbaugh inked his agreement with the University of Michigan, uh, he agreed to follow the NCAA guidelines and be subject to penalty uh, if he violated them. And he gave away his due process. He, he doesn't have due process. I mean, let, let, let's collectively quit talking about that because <laughs> that's already out the window. Oh not, my God. not to break up this new budding bromance between Paul Feinbaum <laughs> and uh, Chris Carlin. Did have a question, though, because I was going through this last night with the boys as we were out eating some wings, Paul. An undefeated yeah. Florida State living in a world where Michigan goes undefeated, Washington beats Oregon again and goes undefeated, and Alabama wins a razor-thin contest against Georgia in the SEC championship game. Is that a permutation where you could see Florida State undefeated being frozen out of the Final Four? Well, I know I just quoted uh, two uh, amendments to the Constitution, but I don't know what the word <laughs> permutation means. Um, I, I, I uh I think they stay home. Uh, I really do. Uh, you know, Florida State used to have a great win, or used to have two great. Well, they, they, uh, that went over LSU. We, we all ballyed. That's not a great win anymore. Uh, LSU has three losses. Uh, now, to two good teams, I might add, but uh, they still have three, to three good teams, but they have three losses. Clemson, uh, that, that's, that's not that big a deal either. Clemson has four losses. So I don't, I don't think Florida State hangs around. Uh, you know, they'll – they're being aided somewhat by Louisville. Uh, if Louisville finishes the season, and, and they may lose Saturday, but but I, I don't think they. I, I frankly would would vote Alabama in over them. And when you talk about significant victories, uh, Alabama has wins over uh, you know some good teams, uh, and and they would have a, a win over the best team uh, on the final Saturday. I think they would get in and should get in. Paul, is Georgia a lock? For the playoff, if they get to the uh, to the SEC championship game undefeated, uh, I think if Georgia loses to Alabama, uh, they are not a lock. Uh, you know, they were they were two years ago, if you remember. Uh, they they would have been last year, but uh, the dynamics as, as we speak, and of course everyone knows things change. But as we speak, they're they're no guarantee because uh, they would they would. They would be in there with a couple of other people uh, trying to now. Now, what I and, and the problem for Georgia is, is, and I'm sick of bringing this up, but you know they gave away their ticket in uh, when when they when they when the SEC asked them to 
canceled the the game at Oklahoma. Uh, and that's not as significant as it would have been, but still a good win if if they had, if they had had that. They what they should have done is played Oklahoma at a neutral site, but they didn't, and then they ended up playing what Mercer, Ball State, uh, a bunch of terrible teams, which which will cost them. Paul, we appreciate it as always. I feel closer to you, and uh, I. I, I couldn't be happier where, about where, that. Where will you be this weekend? Maybe I could uh, hook up with you after the game. <laughs> I'll be at Penn State for Rutgers-Penn State. I call the Rutgers games on the radio. But listen, we can reach out via social media, whatever we need to do, Paul. Because Listen, uh, I, I've got, I've got, I, love, I got a favorite diner in New Jersey right outside of Rutgers. Uh, I'll meet you there Sunday, Sunday morning. Oh, I love it. Which one, Paul? Which one is it? Uh, I think it's called Mel's. Yep, yep. I'm quite familiar. I'm quite familiar. Love it. Love it. Paul, outstanding stuff. Thank you. My new best friend. Thanks. <laughs> Paul Feinbaum. Thanks for letting me be a part of that. It was great. Listen. It's a radio highlight right there for me. Uh, hey, man, clip that off so I can send it to my parents. You know what? Sometimes things are bigger than you. Also, Most how are you going to meet him at a diner when you're in Green Bay on Sunday? We'll figure it out. Don't worry about it, okay? It won't be figured out. By the way, problematic light. No conversations about Green Bay or Penn State. New gambling policy. No conversations Green Bay or Penn State. Actually, just no betting on Green Bay or Penn State. Right, technically speaking. We can talk about them all we want. We just can't, you know, and we won't. And trust trust me, I'm never betting on Penn State in my life. This it's, show is above board, if nothing else. Uh, and by the way, if it'll make you feel better, I went on a Penn State podcast last night where every other word was Fortinbaugh from the host. So be happy about really? that. Really? Yes. What was the podcast? Uh, it was uh, Inside Nittany Territory, whatever the hell. They, they got 15 of them. Boy, were they lucky to have you. They were. They were. I gave them everything I had. <laughs> every every other word, Fortinbaugh. <laughs> He's a Penn State grad, you know. Yeah, I'm aware. He Carlin. is a self-loathing Penn State fan. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. The one college football team that should be most concerned heading into the final three weeks of the year. That's next. ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. And a change at number one. Georgia takes over the number one spot. Ohio State falls to spot to number two. Michigan and Florida State remain at three and four. Washington and Oregon stay put at five and six. I think with the win against Ole Miss, we finally got to see the Georgia team that we expected. The Mississippi game is tied 14-all. They go on a 38-3 run and kind of showed their dominance. So in looking at it in the resume and everything combined, we thought Georgia was the number one team this week. Not all that surprising that Georgia at some point was going to climb up to number one if they kept winning in front of Ohio State. Ohio State took care of Michigan State this past week. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Now, Halloween is over, but hiring is still a bit scary. Indeed's end-to-end solution helps you attract, interview, and hire candidates, sponsor a job, instantly received a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Joseph, I'm not stunned at all that Georgia took the top spot, but I am very interested 
into how all of this in the coming weeks is going to play out. Because this year, perhaps more than the last couple of years, at this juncture, I do feel like somebody that has a very legitimate case to be in the playoff is going to get left out based on how this plays out. Oh, you just think, huh? This is one of the most compelling runs in college football playoff history, is it not? Look at all the possible combinations of things that can happen and the chaos that could ensue. It's fantastic. The one thing that won't add to the chaos is the winner of the Ohio State-Michigan game losing in the Big Ten championship game because the West won't provide any sort of formidable competition whatsoever. So whoever wins Michigan-Ohio State is probably going to blow out their opponent in the conference championship game, and they're in. Outside of that, it's up for grabs. Where do you want to begin? I think we should start with Florida State. All right. That, to me, is the number one team that could get hosed. Without a shadow of a doubt. I think there's a great bet to be made right now. I've already done it, talked about it earlier today on TV. Florida State is plus 250 to miss the playoff. Plus 250. Wow. Now, they are currently undefeated. They are number four. Number four right ahead of Washington, who's number five. Here are three scenarios, three shots in which Florida State could miss the playoff. And I think there's more than this. Number one, they could lose to Florida at the end of the regular season. Mm -hmm. Eh, Probably unlikely, but it could happen. They've played the high-wire act with a few teams this year. Boston College on the road, the Miami game last weekend. They're not beyond that sort of situation. Number two, they could lose the ACC championship game. Looks like that would be Louisville as of right now. Louisville's been very feisty this year. Florida State would be a favorite, but again, it's a possibility. Number three, here's scenario one where I throw out Florida State could get frozen out. Michigan goes undefeated. Washington goes undefeated, beating Oregon again in the Pac-12 championship game, which would vault them ahead of Florida State because of the quality win. So those two are in. Alabama beats Georgia in a razor-thin SEC championship game that gets Alabama in and also gets Georgia in to defend its title. And Florida State, undefeated, gets frozen out. Now, I think that's I think that could very realistically happen. If if Alabama beats Georgia 31-30 in a great football game, do you really want to put Florida State in over Georgia? Knowing that Georgia just lost to a great Bama team, a historic Bama team in terms of the fact that they're no fluke, they're good every year, and that we want to keep the national champions out? Listen, my job is to get the best teams in there. Best four. Yep. That's my job. Is Georgia the one best of them in that scenario? Four teams in there and that in that scenario georgia is absolutely the better team see that's the thing and we try to bring this up every year and i know college football doesn't necessarily want to do this but i really think it would make sense to have a really renowned odds maker on the panel like if you're really trying to get the best four in there as they're all debating they look to the odds maker and they say what would florida state and georgia be on a neutral and if the bookmaker comes out and says, Georgia minus seven and a half, why would you put Florida State in the game then? Right? Like, why yeah. would they get in if that's what the bookmaker tells you? I think the bookmakers could really help the playoff committee in terms of determining who the best team truly is. Is there any scenario in which Washington wins out and does not make the playoff? Yeah, it's the same thing as the Florida State scenario. So Washington wins out. Florida State wins out, and for some reason they decide to keep Florida State ahead of Washington. Michigan wins out, and then you have the Alabama minor upset over, or or, or slow upset, or close slight upset over Georgia, and both teams get in. Uh, and okay. then you have a scenario where you're freezing out Washington. 
but here's my problem with that, though. You're going to have a Washington team at that point that will have beaten Oregon twice, will have beaten Utah, will have beaten Oregon State, uh, who's currently 11th. Like, those are some really solid quality wins here and and certainly more quality wins than Florida State would have happened. Like, the LSU win is nowhere near as good as it was when it happened. It's It would be very tough. I agree with you. But the fact Washington's that th- got a better case undefeated than, than Florida State does. I agree with that. I'm just – it is telling to me that right now the committee has had the opportunity to have Washington ahead of Florida State, and they have not done it yet. Because that Oregon win is the best win that either team has put together. Would you agree? Are you still there? Did he freeze yeah, up? Yeah, I lost you for a second. I'm oh, sorry. All right. Does the the Oregon win, Washington's win over Oregon, does Florida State have a better win on its schedule than that win? No. Okay. So that right there I mean, is a scenario. Wait, wait, hang where- on a second. Hang on a second. They beat Louisville. Is that a better win? Not that, Not over Oregon. Oregon's no. been really good. No, I agree. I agree. I just asked a question. Okay. That's so all. If, so if you because ha- of where Louisville is now. Sorry, not trying to get all worked up about it. I'm just passionate about Everybody my college football playoff rankings. Everyone relax. It's just college football playoff rankings three weeks, four weeks before it even matters. But the fact that they're putting Florida State ahead of them now, I think, is sending a message. Washington has had a good good resume to this point. And the fact that they're not above Florida State, I think that sends a message right there. So that's well, what would worry me about beating Oregon and still being frozen out. Well, let's hear from Boo Corrigan, who was on last night with Ian Fitzsimmons. Uh, he, of course, is the college football playoff selection committee chair and lays out exactly why Florida State is still ranked ahead of Washington. Boys, you play it. Mm. Handman scrambling. He's probably still eating those wings that are left over from last night. Never mind. All right, we have a little bit of a technical issue there. Um, it, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. It, it just really doesn't. What would you like to see? What would you like to see from a viewing experience? What four would you like? And if you'd be so kind as to indulge me as to how you'd like to structure it top to bottom as well. How I'd like them seated top to bottom? Yeah. What Uh, semifinals am I getting in the world of Chris Carlin? Rutgers won. We know Rutgers won. I want Alabama in there. Ooh, you want Bama in. So I want to see them beat Georgia slightly as you laid out. Because you want to see Georgia in. Right. Because a Georgia blowout loss probably kicks them out. Right. I want Michigan out. I want Ohio State to beat Michigan. Mm. But that's just personal. I actually think Michigan's the better team. That's a vendetta play right there. Yeah. Now, you know what? Take that back. Let's go. Uh, What I would want to see would be uh, Michigan in the the one spot and losing. uh, In the semi? Yes, in the semi. I want to see uh, Georgia, Alabama, and Washington in there. So I want Michigan losing to Washington, and then Georgia and Alabama squaring off in another semi. Is that fair? It's tasty. It's tasty. Oh, it's tasty. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.